Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing reality shows that fortunately or unfortunately only had one season. Today we're delving deeper into our series on Gallery Girls. We're going to be doing episode five, I'm Set Free. I'm your host, Frank the III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. So how you doing there? You know, <laughs> same stuff, different day. Yes, it is a different day. It is Valentine's weekend here in the um, capital of the United States of ICE. Uh, the weather is <laughs> terrible and disgusting. Yep. Um, and I'm going to take the one-year anniversary of quarantine really hard, I think. Are you? Yeah, I've, I've been home like a caged animal since March 12th, 2020. <laughs> that early? Yes, my office called it early. My last day in the office was March 12th, 2020. Oh, okay, because my last day of work was March 21st. Yeah. And, and that, the, the weekend of um, uh, St. Patrick's Day, so the weekend before that, I was at the beach for the last time. That was the last time I did anything fun. Yep. So my last night out with friends in a normal environment was Friday the 13th, which we all should have taken as an omen. Totally. And then I sneakily went to the gym for the last time on Saturday the 14th. Because I was like, if I'm not going to go for a while, I'm, I'm going today, which in hindsight was probably not great, but I got lucky. So yeah, it's, it's been a year of feeling like I'm in a crate, like a dog. So yep. I, I mean, as, fun. Does, as does everyone, right? But it's nice to see you. It's been a bit. Yes, it has been a bit. Um, I have been um, too annoyed to record because I just wanted to do nothing on my weekends off. So I apologize to the listeners, but I am microdosing on mushrooms and feeling a lot better. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm back, y'all. Also, I don't think that there is any need for apologies for almost anything in quarantine. Like this, this, it's not easy. It sucks. It really sucks. It does suck. And we're among the lucky ones. So I, really I, know. Can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it's like for some people in the past year. And my heart really goes out to everybody who's given it effort and hard work and all of the above. So agreed. happy Frankica, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much. And in true My Birthday Weekend tradition, the weather is absolute shit. We're having an ice storm. So that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least under normal circumstances, I would have planned a big party for tonight that would have to be canceled because of the ice storm. So, you know, just save me the trouble. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, my birthday is usually always when it gets cold. So it's like the onset of winter. Yours is like in the thick of winter. So yeah, any of my milestone birth. I mean, this is not a milestone birthday for me, but any of almost all of my milestone birthdays, like the weather's been shit, like something has happened. I mean, you were there for my 40th birthday. It snowed like, it, you know, did it snow? It did. I mean, people still came, but yeah, it snowed. Oh, I was so blackout. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is just par for the course, so I'm used to it. The only thing I remember is that when I left, I got a cab, and I was going to go visit my husband at work, so I told the cab to go straight to the restaurant where he worked at, which, as you'll remember, was never really a good idea. No, and, never. And like, as we were rolling down Connecticut Avenue, I was like, no, no, home, home. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I was, I was doing all right. All right, so do you have any house cleaning? I actually don't. Um, Oh, uh, let me, I don't believe so. I don't think anyone has hit us up on Twitter, but let me like pull it up really, really fast here. Um, Notifications, let's go back to retreats, retreats. Um, Liked, liked, 
Oh, um, Heather Gloom Cookie tweeted us on January 8th and said, I just bought 100 Days of Summer last week. I'm more excited about it now after hearing you say it was good. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Heather will have to, and then she we tweeted a little bit more about that. So, Heather, you'll have to let us know if you liked it. Um, and then, let's see. Um, Loose Intervention tweeted us and said, I'm on quarantine in Nur Sultan. I don't know what that is. And iTunes is accessible. Reality deep dive it is. One hit pod. Thank you so much. We're hoping you're enjoying it. I'm going to yeah. have to look up where Nur Sultan is. That sounds exotic and exciting. Um, let's see. Oh, and then Chris um, MC tweeted us. I don't, didn't see any of these. Why wasn't I getting um, notifications? And said, thank you so much for the shout um, regarding my weight loss. I'm up to 55 pounds total loss. Future skinny legend. Congratulations, Chris. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So excited for you. Um, let's see. And that's it. So that's all of our house cleaning. Um, awesome. And I'm sorry for the people I didn't respond to. I just now saw all of these tweets. So I don't, Twitter hates me. What can I say? It's okay. And have we heard anything about the Hills reboot? I know that like there's been some buzz going around that they're filming again or something. Do we yes, I posted an article um, to our Twitter about um, Brody and Kristen what? Um, being together and filming. So sure. sure. Um, <laughs> I'm really hoping that that doesn't come back in quarantine. I could use a boost, but I can't. I don't know if I can deal with you and I having to do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it would be fun, but I don't know. The, this whole quarantine is a very day-to-day, week-to-week thing. It really, really is. It really, really is. So we're just going to have to call that in the air and see what happens. Well, what we'll probably have to do is it'll depend on what night it airs. I know. So I feel like no matter what, we'll just have to record on Saturdays or Sunday nights because, you know, I work till sick. I mean, I don't see us recording at, like, 10 p.m. during the week, so. No. God. Well, maybe it'll be on Mondays. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Cause then we could do it like immediately after it airs, but I don't know. We'll figure we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. If but I if can, they're, if they're if just I filming stay up that late. Yeah. <laughs> if they're just filming now though, I would imagine that it won't air until the summer. Yeah. Spring or summer at the earliest. I mean, it's almost spring now anyway. So yeah, at least we've got our zoom recording down now. So there's... I know, I know it's so much easier. Yeah. All right. Well, Today's caddy catalog is Maggie Schaefer. And everybody will have to excuse me. I did this research and watched this episode, I think, two weeks ago. So I'm a little off my game. Normally, I watch it right before we record. Um, so Maggie is from Pennsylvania, as we learn in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And she is a graduate of Lafayette College, which we also learned in this episode. She graduated in 2010, and she has her bachelor's in fine and studio art. Not surprising for a gallery yeah. girl. Um, she is now married and she is Maggie Meme, M E E M. So if you want to look her up, you can find out more about her there. Okay. Um, so according to her LinkedIn, she was at Eli Klein from May 2008 to December 2011. Whoa. So that's when she was still in college if she didn't graduate until 2010. Um, And after she left Eli Klein, she was uh, an assistant director of sales for a private art advisor, you know, kind of like Sharon. Um, And then since January of 2015, she has been at Eric Thompson Gallery. 
um, which is on the Upper East Side and specializes in Japanese art. Oh, well, that tracks. Yeah, so she's gone from Chinese art to Japanese art. Yes. Um, so she married Gilbert Simral Meme, which is quite a name. Oh, um, that means she and Ryan didn't make it. They don't, no. Um, so her husband goes by Sim, S-I-M, Sim Meme. Uh, he's a real estate agent with Compass. His and- name is Sim Meme? Yeah. That's dumb. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is dumb. Yeah, so he's a native New Yorker, um, and his bio on the Compass site says that he enjoys spending time with his family in their Upper East Side apartment, and he went to Dickinson College. So I'm assuming they have children now. They're still both in New York City, obviously. Yeah. However, that name was just too strange to me. So as I was Googling around, of course, his great, great, grandfather who had the exact same name because it's weird was in the virginia house of delegates from 1852 to 1854 okay he served in the civil war he was part of the garrison at harper's ferry and then he eventually moved to seattle because uh grover cleveland made him postmaster okay (laughs) yeah um and it they're just one of those big deal old school American families. And so his parents, Sim's parents, their wedding announcement was in the New York Times in 1979. His mother is a debutante from Southampton. And his father was a vice president at EF Hutton. And his grandfather was chairman and president of Meme Haskins Coal Corporation. So she married very well. Pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. That's good that's, for her. Yeah, that's what I took that as. Um, but it's also it's great to see that she's been at the same gallery for six years now. Yeah. Like, did do they have any pictures of him or their wedding? I want to know if he's cute. He is cute. Um, he is cute. Okay, I figured. I couldn't find their wedding announcement, which shocked me. Oh, um, that is shocking. Because I would think that, given his kind of big deal family, um, so if someone finds it, please send it to me. But I couldn't find one. Um, just his bio at Compass, where you can see photos of him. You can see. When I Googled them, some photo of them at a fancy like black tie event together came up, but nothing about their wedding. I wonder if that's so. I feel like people, even society people these days who are young, don't put a big emphasis on those wedding announcements in the paper. Yeah, I think people either love it or hate it, right? Like there are some people who want to shout it from the rooftops and there are other people who really don't. But even, I mean, like, there are some people in our book club who are fancy and married, and, like, they didn't <laughs> do a announcement in that. Like, I'm specifically um, a certain person who lives on Corcoran Street. Um, I'm a little, like, they, there was no big announcement in any paper for them, and, like, they're, you know, I feel like right. if someone was going to do it, they would do it. So I feel like it's not as much of a thing, so maybe for Maggie, she's just like, whatever. Well, you also have to keep in mind, too that just because it wasn't in the New York Times doesn't mean it wasn't submitted to the New York Times. Well, yeah, that is very true. That is very true. (laughs) They only have so much space and like... True. They got a, you know, maybe some other really big socialite couple got married the same week and they got bumped. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I could find about Maggie, but that all tracks and yet another person from the show who's doing well now. So that's Yeah, good for her. Yeah. So we open episode five uh, with Angela getting ready. Um, I don't remember for what, but she's getting stressed about her show. Oh, she was getting ready for, um, oh, yeah. I don't know what she was getting ready for either because she wasn't getting ready for a show. She was just kind of like getting stuff together. Yeah, 
it just says Angela getting ready. Um, but she is getting stressed about her show and she admits that she feels pangs of guilt for being such a bitch to Alex, which good. And um, I, I call bullshit. She said that, but it was the <laughs> least sincere. Like it seemed sincere when she said it, but then when talking to Alex, it seemed not sincere at all. And it also seemed like the only reason she regretted being a bitch to him was because he found her another venue. Yes. So he calls right after she says that and found another venue, uh, Creative Recreation, which is- um, Which I got so excited about. I had so many pairs of Creative Recreation tennis shoes. I fucking loved them. Oh, I don't cool. think they're a thing anymore, um, but I was very jazzed to hear that's where she was having the show. Okay. I had never heard of it. Um, they, during that time period, they were really big. I got both of my, I had two pairs. I got both of them at Barney's Co-op. Um, and okay. Chevy Chase when it was still there. They were like a hot thing. Okay. Well, you're a sneakerhead too. That's true. Yeah. Um, so she says to Alex, I'm not mad at you anymore. And then he says that there's a minor issue that the event has to be this Saturday. Yeah. So, Surprise. Yeah. Well, sorry, Angela, you have to print out 10 photos by Saturday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Sorry. I'm yes. We, oh, yes. We definitely will. Um, so then we see, oh, okay, now the episode's coming back to me. Okay, so then we see Claudia in a taxi, and Chantal calls, she's on, she's running late to go to this meeting with Claudia to meet Suck Lord. And sadly, I actually have heard of the Suck Lord. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have. You probably have a pair of his sneakers, too. Um, <laughs> so they say that they are going to suck it up to Suck Lord, and he's more commercial, and they want to do an event with him because he has a pretty big following, even though that it doesn't really fit their typical customer. So Claudia is there meeting with him and he does kind of um, politicized action figures, I guess. Um, well, he was doing politicized action figures for them, but just in general, he like tweaks um, nostalgia pop art stuff. Yeah, and he's got some trading cards and branded toilet paper. Um, and he tells Claudia, tell me about what your gallery and what you can do for me. Which is kind of a fair question, actually. Like, yeah. What are your customers going to bring to me in terms of dollars? But the interesting thing is it completely, like, despite the fact that he said that, the truth and actuality was a complete 180 from that. Yeah. Like, he brought in all the customers. He, I, I don't, it was weird. Like, he was like, what can you do for me? But meanwhile, it's really like, I'm going to do all of this for you. I'm going to bring in all of the, I mean, it's just, it made no sense. Yeah. So then they have this conversation about, you know, their customers, which Claudia describes as cool, young, hot, downtown girls. And he says he guarantees he can pack the store, which. He did. He did. Yeah. And so he says, so I'm going to take what I do and make it girly enough. Um <laughs> Who says? <laughs> so they talk about Barbies and My Little Pony or something like that. Um, that was Chantal. Okay. And then um, they talk about Occupy Wall Street a little bit. And then he says, maybe we could do a special Occupy Wall Street toilet paper, like Occupy Your Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said, or maybe uh, tampons. And I love that Claudia hates him and Chantal loves him. Loves him. <laughs> I remember being really appalled by him the first time that I watched it and I thought he was really vile and this time it didn't bother me that bad. I was like, eh, just another yeah. dude. 
who thinks he's great at everything. Like I believe, and I could be wrong about this, but that he was part of that crew with um, the Fat Jewish. Okay. And like, I believe he was friends with Kat Marnell. And in fact, I think she may even write about him in her book a little bit. I read her book. I don't, I'll have to look up his name and see if it rings a bell. But I feel, I mean, but I think he ran with that whole circle. Okay, that makes sense. I read her book and it was almost like a, it's like a TV show you start that you don't like, but you can't look away. Oh, I loved her book. I so loved it. I started it and I was just like, I don't really like this, but I want to know where it's going. And I read the whole damn thing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I read it pretty fast, so I guess I didn't hate it. <laughs> and then we go to Maggie's apartment and she's steaming a dress for a party at Amy's house. And she has a quick phone call with her mom because she's getting ready to go visit her mom and stepdad with Ryan. Um, and she says, well, get... <laughs> Maggie does this weird kind of like childlike voice all the time, but with her mom, it was really bad. She's like, well, make sure you get more than one bottle of Prosecco this time and get that green bean casserole for Ryan. Um, well, as someone who worships green bean casserole, I was a thousand percent on board with that. Um, and also, why is everyone's phone broken? Everyone's phone. And I don't mean a little crack. I mean like smashed to shit. Like yeah. Angela's was broken um maggie's is like guys like get the insurance get a new fucking phone like i'm worried about your fingers but do you know how many people didn't have phone insurance back then and it was not that easy like screen protectors weren't that great they were like stickers um i still like these are supposed to be fancy new york gallery ladies like get yourself a fucking phone that's not gonna kill your fingers that's what always happens to me even if i have like a little crack i always get a shard in my finger and then i have to deal with it yeah anyway so then Amy on the Upper East Side in her, you know, fancy pants apartment is preparing for what she calls a dinner party um, with her brother Parker, who is doing all the cooking. Um, and is 11. Yeah. He was <laughs> he, so, and I was so glad. Was it, um, was it Maggie? I can't remember who said it, but one of the girls, who sh or maybe Carrie was like, oh my God, her brother's 12. I mean, he's, he looks so young. When he picked up a glass of wine, I, w I gasped. Yeah. Not that I, also, didn't, not that I, I didn't drink underage, but I was like, <gasps> Also, I love that her concept of a dinner party is to make dinner, have her and the people living in her apartment eat, and then have other people showing up while they're eating and just I, mill around drinking. Like, it was right. no sense. And there wasn't enough sense. food for more than four people. I got like, what are you doing? How is this a dinner party? Right. And then it seems like it's actually just a party and she was having dinner beforehand. Exactly. Um, yeah. But of course, Chantal called and backed out and then Claudia immediately did the same thing. Those girls are not fucking slick. No. Like literally within seconds of each other with the yeah. same excuse. Yeah. Maggie and Carrie show up and there's some conversation about Amy's apartment and how it's just not an apartment for young ladies, like which we already knew. Um, oh, and I wanted to say too, I thought it was really funny when they were in the kitchen, when she was in the kitchen cooking before everyone showed up, she said that she invited Liz and she was like, oh, because, you know, I don't want to have blood, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I was like, no, you invited her because production made you. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you're on the same TV show. Yep. Ryan shows up. Angela shows up. Um, and they congratulate Angela on her upcoming show, which is very nice. And Angela invites them all and admits in her confessional, it wouldn't hurt to invite the Manhattan girls to my show. Boom. Way to be forward thinking. Yeah. 
Um, my favorite, and was it Angela? Or I think Carrie said this, that the apartment is large, expensive, and gaudy, just like Amy. It was Carrie. <laughs> it was Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> she said, it's no place that a girl in her 20s should be living. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of continue with Amy in the following scene because she is running late and scrambling, but of course, like, also kind of taking her sweet time. Like, I know we've all been there once in a while, but Sharon is waiting for her at the International Print Center with either a contact or a client, doesn't really matter. Um, and you see Amy scrambling, which is actually just her perfecting her look, and then she shows up with a coffee. <laughs> I First of all, um, that is, I, so I have multiple things to say about this. Number one, I am a former late person. Um, for my teens and 20s and the early part of my 30s, I was consistently late everywhere. People would have to tell me things started like an hour before they actually did to get me there a half an hour late. Like it was a disaster area. Um, I am now reformed um, because I realize it is rude and awful and it's disrespectful of other people's time. I do not think that Amy is, I mean, Amy just seems like someone who's always late. Like, I just think she can't get her shit together and she's just always going to be late. Yeah. Also, my biggest pet peeve in life is when people show up, and this is specifically my clients, and this is our non-COVID times, um, late to their appointments with a fucking coffee in their hand. Like, I had a client who was consistently 20 minutes late for her appointment, and P.S. I don't drink coffee. And she would show up with a coffee for her, her coffee and mine. And she's like, oh, I stopped at Starbucks and got you. And I'm like, just be on time. Like, I don't even fucking want coffee. Like, you had time for coffee. Like, it's just rude. Like, there's no bigger slap in the face to me if someone shows up late carrying something they picked up for themselves on the way to meet you yes. while being late. Like, it's so rude. It's it's And it tracks for Amy. It totally tracks. It always happens. So what I will say is that in normal times, as someone who walks to work, whatever that means anymore, but sometimes if I'm running late and I don't have any meetings, I'm like, you know what? What's an extra five minutes? I'm going to stop for a coffee. Like, I'm already late. The jig is up. But yeah. no one's waiting for me on the other end. However... I guarantee that most people who work in an office have been in a position where they have that same mindset, right? It's like, oh, I'm already late. I'm going to stop for a coffee. And then you walk into the office and you remember that you had a meeting and you're now 15 minutes late and you have to walk in with a giant coffee and you feel like a huge asshole. Well, the other thing is that Amy got that coffee there. Yeah. Like she didn't have it when she got in the cab. So I mean, she took a cab to where she was going, yes. got out, found a coffee shop, yes. then went into the gal. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And Sharon says, like, we need to talk about your tardiness. It's a reflection of me, and it sends the wrong message. Yeah. Um, and she's meeting her at the IPCNY, which is the International Print Company, New York, um, in Chelsea. And Anne is the woman showing them around. Yeah. And then I don't know what else happened in the scene, because it didn't really matter. Um, nothing. I mean, it, it was just um, Anne showing Sharon around the entire time. Amy shows up at the very end. And, and kind of, in a really pussy way, chast I mean, I guess it's hard to be a total dick to someone who's working for you for free, but I thought she was too nice about the late thing. Yeah. Way too nice about it. She was just like, oh, I'd really appreciate it if you could be on time. I mean, she was handling it with kid gloves, and I would have been like, look, bitch, I have 8 million people that want this internship. Fuck you. Be on time or don't show up again at all. Well, and it was also surprisingly easy on Amy because it was very clear that Amy, it was not the first time she's been late. No. 
Yeah. No, because um, Sharon made uh, multiple jokes with Anne about the fact that her is, she's always late. Her intern's always late. Yeah. Yep. I guess it's because of her dad Maybe. is why she's treating it with kid gloves. I don't know. But I was like, I, she needs a talking to. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll do some digging there. Maybe Amy's dad is a client of Sharon's. That's the only explanation that makes sense. Yeah. But then we go back to Angela and she's at Milk Studios in the Meatpacking District and she is printing photos for her show. And she said that the themes are sort of solitude and moroseness, but also pop and color. And she really wants to prove to herself that she can do this. So it's actually, Angela was um, kind of a breath of fresh again this episode, like she was hustling and working hard and really wanted to put herself out there. So Angela is, she's come around since our first few episodes. Agreed, agreed. And then we see Maggie and Ryan um, both prepare and go to Pennsylvania. Um, Now, I don't know, you probably didn't remember this because you watched it and took notes a while ago, but I was so confused because Maggie is holding a bottle of wine. Yeah. And she says, should I keep this? I don't want it to grow bugs. Yeah. What the fuck? Why wine bugs? What is she talking about? I think she means fruit flies. That's what my note says. Okay. That's the only thing I could think of. But if you have a corked bottle of wine, you're not going to get fruit flies. No. And what are they going for like a long weekend? I mean, I could understand not leaving it uncorked on the counter, but who would do that with wine? Like, I don't, a, a it made no sense to me. A young no sense something. to me at all. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I think it used to be something that people thought, you know, if you open the wine the day before or whatever, then it's bad. It's garbage now. And that's, that's not the case. Like, anyway. Um, so, and then they do a lot of name dropping of like their, their stuff as they're getting ready. Like Maggie can't find her Prada shoes and then Ryan can't find his Wayfarers. It's like, oh my God, just look for your shit. Like, don't quit talking. <laughs> and then they take the bus to Pennsylvania and I'm like, okay, cool bragging about your Prada shoes before you get on the bus. Um, but see, that's the thing about New Yorkers. They have no qualms about a bus. No, no, no. Public Like, to them, it's, I mean, like, taking the Jitney to the Hampton. Like, they love a fucking bus. Yeah. Um, and then we learn a little bit more about Maggie. Um, of course, she went to Lafayette. Her parents are divorced. And her dad's side has a lot of money, but, but they don't live a flashy lifestyle, according to her. Um, but her mom's side of the family doesn't have a lot of money. Um, I thought her mom was pretty. I don't remember. Oh, in my notes, I put Melody is gorgeous. I think she's gorgeous. I think that she's way prettier than Maggie. Yeah, she's very pretty. Um, and then Ryan actually really grew on me in this episode. Um, because we really haven't seen anything about him other than like getting drunk and that really painful birthday dinner they had. Um, and we learned that Ryan lost his mom a couple years before the filming of the show. So of course, you know, my heart goes out to him now. Um, and he's very close to Maggie's mom, which I thought was really sweet. And Maggie says, Ryan said, I love you to my mom before he said it to me. (laughs) Um, but as they kind of have wine and they chat with her family about, you know, how Maggie isn't really happy working for Eli and all that kind of stuff, Ryan was more hip to her work situation than I would have guessed. I was going to say, like, for the first time ever, I'm kind of where you are. Like, I mean, I always thought Ryan was hot, but I thought he was a hot idiot. Yeah. And in this, he seemed insightful. He seemed very supportive of her. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, I get why they're dating now. Like, I never understood it before. I'm like, oh, she just wants this big dumb lunk around. But he's actually a great boyfriend. Yeah. He says, 
you know, Eli's just not a good person and I don't want Maggie to lose her passion for art. That's what yeah. he said. It was so sweet. And then Maggie is just sitting there guzzling wine in front of her whole family because she doesn't want to talk about Eli. And then she says, it's not as simple as just walking out of that gallery. And then she makes a joke about how everyone needs to lay off because her dream job is to be a QVC host. <laughs> um, which I am here for. And I'm sad that she didn't achieve it. And I hope she does someday because that is amazeballs. But she didn't lose her passion for art. So she's still winning. You know. I also thought it was funny that she says that she um, hadn't seen her family in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm like, how often do you go back to Pennsylvania? I don't know. I guess pretty often. If that's I mean, to me, that's crazy because my a lot of my family lives like a 45 minute drive from my house. And during non-COVID times, I see them like when they come in to get their hair done and at holidays. So the fact that she lives in Manhattan and sees her family in Pennsylvania every couple weeks, like that's crazy to me. So I will tell you, my my best friend, when she lived in New York, she's from Vermont originally. I would say every other weekend, she and her husband drove from Manhattan to Vermont to go see her. Ugh. I, Why? I, I, they love it. And I'm just not that motivated. I can't be in a car that long, even every other week. No. Yeah. I mean, I do it to go to the beach, but that's fun. I can't yeah. imagine leaving New York and going to Vermont is fun. I mean, I admire it. Like, good on you. Be motivated. But I, I must be really bad at it. I don't know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so then we go to end of century. They're looking at the financials again, and they owe more money than they made last month. That is the least shocking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do a Suck Lord show for one night, as we knew, and Suck Lord shows up, and he says he's here with the shit. <laughs> I don't, I find him, I found him really entertaining. I don't know what that says about me right now. Um, and Claudia is just being like a whiny pants about it. Like she's saying that it's totally random with the rest of their merchandise and it's going to alienate their old customers. What customers? You just admit that you just admitted that you're not making money. What customers, Claudia, where are they? None. I, it's really, I, I honestly say that from episode one to now, I've flip flopped on Claudia and Chantal. Like I still think Chantal is annoying, but she does seem to have the better, I mean, the better business acumen when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. And also, like, I get where his work is slightly disconnected from the other things that have been in the gallery space, but the gallery space is meant to be an evolving temporary thing. So if everybody knows it's just like a new exhibit, what does it matter if it's weird? And also, it's the first art they've ever actually sold. Yeah. Like they sold a single piece of art. So the things they've had in the gallery is obviously not working. Time yeah. to rebrand. Yeah. So then Claudia is like trying to get him to like, I, she, she's trying to validate the fact that they have Suck Lord art in the store. And she's like, so do you have collectors buying your work? Like she's being a little snob and he goes, I don't give a shit. I'm a God in the toy world. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, um, I got truck drivers buying my shit. The art world leaves me cold. <laughs> and then he also says that he's going to do a performance art piece, which that's when I got a little nervous. I didn't, yeah. I didn't love that. Um, so then we see Maggie interviewing at a few different galleries. That's a new theme in this episode. Um, the first one she goes on is at the Brenda Taylor gallery. Mm -hmm. And she's getting out there. 
And what does she see at the Brenda Taylor Gallery? She sees a piece of sculpture, I guess I would call it, but it's like a wall sculpture. And it's made out of adding machine paper. And Brenda Taylor says that it looks like a vagina. Oh, I thought she said it was a vagina. Well, she asked Maggie what she saw in it. And of course, Maggie said nothing. And Brenda said, it looks like a vagina. Oh, I misheard. I thought she said it was a vagina. Like it was specifically supposed to be a vagina. Um, And then Maggie was like, I guess she saw a vagina. I didn't. I was like, um, it was a vagina. It was. Um, Maggie is also a horrible interviewee. And I believe we now know why she does not have another job outside of Eli Klein. Because, I mean, she's terrible. Terrible. She needs to go to some kind of, like, mentor who will teach her how to interview. I mean, it was awful. I would never have hired her for anything ever. Yeah. And she's just not, she's really not good at when you can kind of spin your weaknesses. You know, like, she has a conversation with Brenda about photography, and she just says photography is my weak spot. I'm a fan, but not a connoisseur. It's like, no, you look forward to learning more about photography. Yeah. I mean, you would just say like my concentration has been more on painting and not photography, but I'm dying to dive in and learn everything I can to know about it. Like, that's what you say. You don't awkwardly shuffle your feet and like bite your lip and be like, photography. I mean, she was bad. She was very bad. Um, and then we go back to end of century and the Suck Lord event is here, everybody. It's upon us. Um, a lot of people wearing Transformer masks, completely different than their usual kind of stuff, but they are selling things. They're selling things that I was a little, like for this show that doesn't usually seem terribly overproduced, I felt like this was terribly overproduced in yes. the sense that the, the producers were trying to make us feel like there was going to be underlying tension and we were waiting for something to happen and for it to be too late. And like, none of that happened. Like they, they would get a phone call and you thought it was from the landlord yelling about something, but it actually wasn't. And I was confused why they were worried about the noise level because they've had other parties there before with DJs until one in the morning. So how is some people yelling an issue? My favorite thing though, and I laughed hysterically, like harder than I should have. Um, and I believe Chantal said this when she the said, can photo? you... No, no, no. When she said, can you yell in your inside voices? Like, oh. <laughs> how do you yell in an inside voice? Like, what the hell? Um, but they made almost $1,000 from his stuff. That was just in cash. Yeah. Not even in credit card sales. Yeah. So there you go, Claudia. And they, I mean, a lot of those pieces were 20 bucks. So they must have sold a ton. Yeah. Although his toilet paper was 25 so... Um, but then in my favorite moment of the episode that we're still at end of century and Chantal is talking to Claudia and Laura and she talks about how she accidentally showed a picture of her vagina. To spend oh, with the interstitial. Yes. Yes. So, and then she's horribly embarrassed because it wasn't even a sexy picture of her vagina that she like sent to Spencer as foreplay. She got a bikini wax and she was shocked by what her vagina looked like after and was like, oh my God, Spencer, look at this. It was still on her phone and Spencer's boss saw it. So then she was wondering drunkenly if she should actually accidentally show him a better looking Another one, yes. <laughs> I was also concerned about the fact that she has a puppy, which I believe we've seen before because she does not seem like someone who would be a responsible dog owner. 
Maybe Spencer takes care of it. I hope so, because she seems like the kind of person that would, like, leave the dog for hours on end and not properly potty train. Like, I feel like her house is probably full of dog pee and poo. Like, I don't know. I just am not, I'm not getting good vibes about Chantal having a dog. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little dog and it uses pee pads or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and I also apologize. I keep calling her Chantal instead of Chantel because I have um, 90 Day Fiance stuck in my head. She spells it Chantal, though. Oh, is she Chantal? Okay. Yeah. I think so. Um, so then we go to creative recreation and Angela is setting up her show. Um, and she admits that she's a fame whore yet again. And she wants to be an it girl. And I guess creative recreation is in Soho. And she priced each photo at $500. And she said that her biggest fear about her show is that her friends will laugh at her. I'm laughing at her price point, but that's just yeah. me. Um, I was laughing at the fact that for a photographer, she doesn't know how to hang art. And for someone with an iPhone, you should download the level app when you're hanging art if you don't have an actual level. Yeah. <laughs> Not Agreed. that she can read it with that broken screen of hers, but like when she stepped back and looked at the photos, they definitely like sloped down just a little bit on one side. They did. Um, I also didn't, I mean, I, I would have preferred it if she had hung them not straight across, maybe do a little up, down, up, down. I mean, it was just, it was weird. It was too uniform, but not because it, the level was off and the spacing. I don't know. I didn't like it. I would also, so it was basically just one wall where she put all the artwork and it was two by five. So it was like, yeah. Um, which is fine, but I feel like it would have been better to circulate the room and do them like kind of more spread out. So you have like five over there and five over here. And oh, I guarantee you they only gave her one wall. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Um, and Jeff is who the creative recreation uh, manager that was helping her. Yeah. And this is what confuses me because at another point she says like something about him being her friend. Yeah. So I'm like, if Jeff was already your friend and he manages creative recreation, um, why then did Alex set this up for you? Like, it's weird. I don't know. Like, it didn't, I didn't understand how Jeff was the middleman. I mean, how Alex was the middleman if she already knew Jeff. Like, that part didn't make sense to me. No, me either. Um, and then in a brief scene, we see Amy and Carrie having coffee together, which is really interesting because you think they're just kind of like catching up like friends. Um, and I want to know where they were because they were talking about how good the desserts were there. And then I, I know and they didn't say, <laughs> I know I tried, I even rewound <laughs> and I was like, where is this? Um, and you know, Carrie talks about how it's hard to intern and balance her job. And then Amy hands Carrie a to-do list. Which cracks me up because a they're equals and B Amy has only worked there two weeks longer than Carrie. She's acting like she's worked there for years, two yeah. weeks. You have two weeks seniority. That is it. Yeah. But also, if you're meeting up socially, that's even weirder. Like, they weren't having a work meeting with Sharon or talking about how they were going to divide up tasks. Amy is basically having a social coffee with someone and hands them a to-do list. So oh, that's just Amy. I know. And then we have to watch Maggie go on another interview. At, um, yes, at Bernard Ducci Mizell Gallery. Bernard Ducci Mizell. Uh, yeah, Bernard... No, it was Bernard Ducci. B-E-R-N-A-R-D-U-C-C-I. I thought it was one word, though. Yeah, but it's not Bernard Ducci. It's Bernard Ducci. Oh. Because there's an R in it. Oh. Bernard Ducci. I like my way better. Um <laughs> Your way flows better. 
Um, so they talk, you know, she talks to this, um, like, gallery director, the blonde woman, right? Mm-hmm. And then she does sit down with the owner of the gallery himself, and he asks her what she's learned at Eli Klein, and Maggie is the worst interview ever. Like, I don't even remember what she says. I just, my note says, holy hell, she doesn't know how to speak. Oh, I just wrote, Maggie is a horrible interview in all caps. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, his name was Frank, by the way, the, the owner. Um, and it, um, yeah, it was terrible. I thought that he handled it great. I mean, talk about like grace under pressure. I mean, like he handled it really well and was like very nice to her. Um, yeah. I would have talked to her for two minutes and walked out. Like she was an idiot. Yeah. Um, I also like that they talk about how Eli is open every day. And the Frank thinks that that's ridiculous. And then he was like, yeah, we're open as little as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think he was able to laugh with her and make her feel a little more comfortable, but that other woman looked ready to murder her. Yeah. So now Angela is getting ready for her show and she doesn't know what to wear. She's invited everyone she knows. She's feeling self-conscious. Um, and she puts on a cat eyeliner and she looks really pretty in it. I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, Angela is pretty. She's very pretty. Yeah. I mean, she admits that she was a model. And the name of her show is Totally Not Depressed, which I guess is also the name of her blog. Yeah. Didn't know she had a blog, but... Me neither. So she greets people, and Spencer is very excited for her, and he's there with Chantal. And is it Chantal that says, enough with the Asian fetish? Yes, it is. And in my notes, I wrote, Spencer wants to fuck Angela, and Chantal is a bitch. Yes. Yeah. And then Chantal tells Angela to her face at her show that photography is her least favorite medium because she finds it easy to manipulate. Um, because Chantal's favorite thing in life is to neg people. Yeah. Like that is her jam. That, that's what she should do for a living. She's just run around negging people. <laughs> She's really good at it. I know. Um, and then Eli shows up and Angela feels like that was very nice and it legitimizes her event and Maggie- And, and why is he there? Because- Is this considered Asian art? I mean, why are we, I mean, we know he's there because of the show, but like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. I mean, same reason he went to end of century. Yeah. Um, Maggie and Liz congratulate Angela. And then they talk about how Liz missed Amy's party. And, then and we finally get fucking Liz. The whole episode. No Liz. We finally get like five seconds of Liz at the end of the episode. I was so annoyed. Yeah. And then there's some talking about Amy's apartment. And then Amy arrives with her only friend. Um, Angela. Two friends. She came with two friends. But the one that she brought to Carrie's party. Was yeah. So, you know, her only friend, the one that's always in tow. So Eli has a friend with him. Um, and his friend actually likes one of Angela's photos. And you think she's going to sell one for a minute, but then she doesn't sell anything. Um, yeah. And I thought it was interesting that that picture was of Claudia. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I like Angela's art. I would not pay $500 for it. But like, I, I mean, I probably would have paid... 100, 150. Yeah, I liked the photo that she liked a lot of the woman in Paris. I really liked that one. Yeah. Um, and was Eli's friend attractive? Jack? Yeah. The African-American guy? Yeah. Um, he was like an older, I thought he was gay. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he say, wasn't ugly. I didn't say straight. I said attractive. I was just trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, he was very, like, he was a little too put together for me. Yeah. Like, he was very, like... You know, like, I don't remember if he was wearing an ascot. He was just a little too, like, put together for my taste. But I like yeah. a little rough around the edges. I think also standing next to Eli, I was like, ooh, who's that? <laughs> I loved, I can't remember who it was, but that whoever called Eli Kramer. 
Yeah. From Seinfeld. That was hysterical and spot on. Yeah. Um, so then we are at um, Carrie's internship and she wants to chat with Sharon very quickly. Oh, real quick. I have one more yeah. thing to say about the show. Um, I thought it was hysterical that Angela declared her show a roaring success, but she sold nothing. Yeah. yeah. How is that a success? In her mind, it was a Because people showed up? No, because she put herself out there. It was the first photography show she'd ever had, other than just telling people she's a photographer. Um, well, I beg to differ, Angela. I don't think it was a success. I think it just happened. Yeah. It, I was really hoping that Eli's friend would buy one just so she could have, like, a victory. But Yeah. Instead of just some crooked photos on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, like, framed. No. Like, I'm sorry, but if I pay $500 for one of your, you better fucking frame it. No, she literally just printed them out. They were like large scale digital prints, which is fine, but. Yeah. I know. And, and that's the other thing. I don't, because I don't know a lot about photography as art. Um, if you buy one of her prints, like, do you then own it? Like, I mean, she has the negative. She can make a million copies of it. Like, it's not like it's even exclusive to you. I think that. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. But I would think that you're paying for a copy and not the original unless you work out something with the artist. Because I mean, the, I mean, I guess times were a little bit different than not that much. But these days, like I could go find a, one of her pictures on her website and digitally print it out myself. I know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. So in the final scene, actually, um, quick episode for, you know, not much happened, but it's about to. So Carrie wants to talk to Sharon quickly and said that she had a meeting with Amy and that Amy gave her a list of tasks. And Sharon seems pretty appalled and yep. wants Carrie to know that she didn't ask her to do that. And Carrie admits that she was confused by it and wanted to bring it to Sharon's attention. And Sharon says there is no hierarchy. And she says, and I don't have time for this. This is child's play. Yeah. And Sharon's outfit is amazing. Oh, yeah. She looks like a giant pink furry with bright green earrings on. Yes. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. And but what I, I don't understand, like, I like Carrie a lot, and I don't like what Amy did. But in this instance, I almost am a little annoyed that Carrie just didn't say to Amy directly at their coffee and be like, hey, did Sharon ask me to do this? Like, this is a lot. Like, what... Why am I being handed all of this? Instead of knowing there was something wonky about it, not saying anything to Amy, and then going behind Amy's back to Sharon to kind of rat her out. Right. And I would think, given what we know of Carrie, and that Carrie is, like, she's a go-getter, right? Like, she's really good at talking to people, and, like, we know in her concierge business, she talks to a lot of people. I'm surprised she didn't just, like, slide the list back and be like, we can talk about that with Sharon at work. Yeah. Like, I, I was very intrigued by the way she handled it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in our next episode, it's finally Art Basel. In my I am opinion. very excited. Yep. I'm very, very excited. Yep. And we're going to get some showdowns and some stuff is going to happen again. So we're coming back. Yeah. I feel like this was the weakest of all the episodes, but Bravo does this where they give you a weak episode that leads into a really good episode. Yes. And I think the final few episodes are pretty entertaining, if memory yeah. So I'm excited. Get ready. And it'll be nice to see someplace warm and sunny, on, even if it's only on TV. Oh, my God, yes. The weather here <laughs> sucks so fucking bad. Like, yeah. so fucking bad. I hate it so much. Yeah. Same. Well, that's it. 
That's it, you guys. Um, well, we'll be coming to you. Again. Well, actually, we will definitely be coming to you in two weeks um, because in two weeks, I have, that's the weekend I'm having my stupid fucking colonoscopy. So I have to be home prepping all weekend. So I have nothing to do. So right. I will definitely be able to record. All the information about Frank you never wanted. Coming yeah, to you but everybody wants. <laughs> Talk to you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymareb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>